<laughs> you released that just in time, eh? Hmm? You released that just in time. Axel, just making sure you're okay. I said it I'm just making, no, I'm making sure you're I'm, okay, I'm man. in, like, go position Just here. give me a thumbs up, my, Jesus Christ. <sighs> Fucking diva. Welcome, everyone, to a very special edition of the Three Bar Amigos podcast. As per usual, for your sound pleasure, I'm Barmigo number one. My name is Dave, a.k.a. Dave was the best on the last podcast, a.k.a. Bernard always feels attacked. Oh, no, that's a different thing. Well, on my right side is the original Barmigo. I had to actually check my hand on what the right side was. It's interesting because you're directly in front of me today. It was weird. I actually, I'm like, what hand do I write with? So. Also, who's right? Me. No, no. Is it my right or your right? Oh, no, I'm right. Oh, oh that. I guess you're right. I see what you did there. You made a funny. I made a funny. He made a funny, this guy. The original Barmigo, Pedro. Always here for your listening pleasure, not Dave's. And to my right is the third Barmigo, the hey. extra. Hey, everybody. How's it going? You know, I... Why do we do this rotation this way? Um, we started originally as me number two. Now you, I'm number three. Uh, I'm not happy with that. By the way, it's Nardo. I never took a number on. I don't. No, I just feel like we had to like um, appease you. I never even asked for it. He threw me off the first time he did it. I gotta be very honest with you. If it were up to me, I'd just introduce both of you, and you wouldn't speak. If it was up to me, it would just be me just talking into this mic. It would be, but you'd have no listeners. Yeah, I'd like to see that. But do anyway, it. do it. Ooh, ooh. I'm actually very excited today. I'm not not here to do it, you guys. I'm just excited hey, to Bernard. be here today. Yo, tell them to do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do my own thing. Do it. Like spin off on my own. Do it. And then and then we test out the market. Do it. But can I still be on this show? Of course. But what you can't do is and is to talk about things you won't talk about on this podcast because that makes you a dick. That's not true, because I, I, we have our limitations here. We have no limitations, just the artificial ones that like, you put on us. On that one, I would talk about my sex life or lack thereof. Okay. But would it be like a solo podcast, or would you have other people on there? It would just be me, and then every so often I'd call someone on the telephone. Soliloquies? No, that's not a soliloquy. That's talking to yourself. I'm, I'm talking like, I would call Cosmo or some other guy, mm-hmm. and I'd talk to him about whatever's going on. Mm. Now, uh, why... Go ahead. No, go ahead. no, no, you go ahead. You know, like, no. why can't I get laid and stuff? I think it's his fault. We're seen in public too often. People think he's my boyfriend. That guy's way too good looking for you. Are you dumb? You, 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 you would have you overreached. Yeah, you would have definitely punched the butt your way. But that's been my thing going, like, since the past. Yeah, but you don't have that anymore. I could overachieve with a dude. Definitely could Not of that caliber. Are you kidding me? Not of that caliber. Dude's There's not no even way. that good looking. No. That's, that's ridiculous. That's, wow. You overrate yourself. No, not, not with the gay community. I, I'd fit in right. Buddy, they would disown you so quick. You're Are so you unkempt. Dumb, bro? I'm a bear. No, he's I'm a, a bear. bear. He's a bear. That's a brontosaurus. Rare. <laughs> <laughs> That's great because they're vegan. <laughs> <laughs> tell them what they're going to listen to, Dave. No, don't tell me Come what on. to do, bro. Okay? You call that original? You call that freedom? You call that original? I control this today. Say something. Say something. Apples. Nice. All well right. done. Well, you were mentioning calling someone on the phone for your podcast, and today is a very special edition because we brought in some reinforcements. Today, if you understand the reference, and I made it last week, the mega powers collide. We finally got two of our best friends to meet. For some reason, we've never got this to happen, and the podcast brings it together. This is what it's like when doves cry. 
So let me introduce to you our newest Barmigos. Who wants Cause to go you first? want to be Barney Barmigo four or five? Uh, I'm gonna go off the grid seven. Cool. I'll be I'll be Barmigo number five. Okay. I'm good with that. Introduce yourselves. <laughs> I'm Chris. Been a, f- a friend of these guys for a long time. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for being here. Uh, my name's Cosmo. I uh, met Pedro at the bar, and then I met the rest of them through that. So I'm glad I'm here, man. It should be fun. <laughs> so look. I know you guys think that maybe all we're going to talk about today is maybe a bit of wrestling, maybe something like that. But really, we've designed this, A, for you guys to meet, and B, a forum for yourselves. So before we get into anything of substance, what's up? Not much. I'm turning 35 tomorrow, so it's a, not a big, not as big a deal as most people think it is. All my joints clicked in unison this morning to let me know the clock is ticking. <laughs> So that was interesting. <laughs> it sounds like you got up like Megazord got assembled. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of clicking, a lot of popping, but I got into my groove after breakfast and I was good. Nice. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, not much, man. Just chilling out, relaxing, working from home. So, you know, trying to enjoy the COVID life. So being that it's your first day on a podcast and recording, how do you guys feel right now being in that seat, having the microphones in front of you? I feel like uh, we did before we went on the air, just... Yeah. A, a gathering of dudes just talking about shit we would be talking about mm. if mics weren't in front of us. Yeah. But now that we have mics in front of us, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Having met just about a couple hours ago, do you guys feel like there's a connection here where you're going to entertain some people for the next 50 minutes? Well, if I ever need some shade from the sun, cause is pretty big, so I can just <laughs> ask him to stand in a specific area while I while I just hang out and he can do his thing. I think we should have some fun. Yeah. I don't get to talk to wrestling a lot with people who know stuff. Usually it's just Pedro, so I mean, now I get someone who hey, knows something. I feel so bad for you because he tries to pretend like he knows wrestling, but you know he Googles before he sees it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know he does. So he's like, wait, hold on. Starcade 87. <laughs> oh. oh, look at him. Look at him. He's so upset in the background. He's making noises, being dumb. Dancing around. That's a lot of wrestling talk that a lot of uh, fans don't talk about anymore. Stuff yeah, in the 80s. 100%, yeah. Back then. But uh, like pre-85, when it was kind of just your black curtain, there was no frills, just yeah, straight wrestling. straight booking. Two guys knew what exactly what they were going to do when they it? went out there and mm-hmm. they just executed, right? Now it's so... I don't know, the last good match I think I've seen that was, you know, a work... But took really took me out of it was both matches that Shawn Michaels had with The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Yeah. That was the last time I kind of just went, oh, man. Yeah. I forgot for a second what I was watching and what I knew about wrestling at that time. I can see that, yeah. I watched those after the fact. I wasn't really into wrestling at the time. Like, I kind of, I stepped out of it for a couple of years when, uh, like I said, during that yeah. period of time. It wasn't... <clears throat> wasn't really into it but what made you step away or what made you just take interest in something else i think it just the the switch the pg era really got like i was it was not for me i wasn't good for it man it was just uh it was boring to me it was too much for the kids and i'm not i was over it at that point what did you yeah. lose in the pg era what did you lose just the risk a factor there was no you there's no surprises nothing was going to surprise you anymore on the screen anymore it was just going to be like the same cookie cutter stuff every time I remember uh, Dave and I, you and I still watched for a long time. Yeah, we did. Uh, every Sunday, whenever they would have pay-per-views. And we were 
not shipboard, but there were some times where we kind of critiqued stuff right when it was happening, and we're just like, but why and why and why and but why? <laughs> but I yeah, think that was, was the hard. best. That part. was hard. I think that was the best part is that we got to sit. Well, there yeah, and you and I got to how just... we would do it differently if we had a chance to do it, and that that became fun in that probably the same time you stopped watching. Yeah. When we continue to watch, which I mean, most of it I've forgotten. I don't think there was anything. There was a real highlight in the last. So we're in 2020, right? Between 2000 and 2010, yeah, there was nothing other than what most people call a botched invasion angle. And then between 2010, sorry, yeah, 2010 and 2020, I can't really call to mind anything that was spectacular that got me excited, except for the Shawn Michaels Undertaker, and then recently AJ Styles and Undertaker. You enjoyed that match, yeah? I enjoyed it because it was different, and it was they had to come up with something off the fly. Yeah. Yeah. Considering that I, they had sold that show out already, WrestleMania, yeah, and then they had to kind of just, you know, push everyone back and say we're doing it this way. Uh, even the Edge and Orton, I didn't really enjoy because I felt like that specific match probably needed an audience, yeah. needed a big arena, especially yeah. for that feel. time. How long they took, and knowing how those guys came up because they those guys came up in the same era that was kind of hot and cold at the same time, but they were always consistent. Yeah, not so much Orton in the beginning, but once he got hot, and he got over he became really i would say must see i've never i've never been an orton guy no he's always been like a mid-card guy for me like everything he did was i've never been a fan of his man he's he's a good in the ring don't get me wrong but i just think he's he's so he's not it for me so over orton who would you put right above him then in your in your book of the last 15 years like over orton yeah you got you got to think that he was really his thing is oh four forward right Right at the time he came in around with Evolution is when he really took off. And, and then, then he, after that, he kind of just went off on his own. And yeah, when, his he, when he goes over on Benoit is where I count. So, SummerSlam 04. Okay, yeah. Okay. So, where do you... So, if, if Orton is... Eh, he's mid-card. Give me five guys in the last five, 15 years that you would put over Randy Orton. Are we including, like, Triple H and those guys in there? Is yeah, they, they, of they course, were, anybody. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. imagine so. Oh, then I'm t- Triple H for sure. HBK was still around. Okay. Uh, Edge, I put Edge over him. Uh, I think Christian's better than Orton. He's my favorite wrestler. I know he is. That's why I said it for you. <laughs> Thought I threw it in there. And uh, I can. In the last AJ Styles, way better than Randy Orton. I don't think he's way better. Oh, I think AJ. I think AJ Styles could is possibly Shawn Michaels' level of good. I I wouldn't disagree with that. I think AJ Styles really got good in the last six years. A- TNA TNA AJ Styles is is meh. That's when I call them a spot monkey. Oh, you're one of those. He man. wasn't good. He wasn't that. He wasn't what he is now. So it's, you, the, it's the Japan run that makes him good. So yeah. you appreciate him more working a, a solid psychological style in the ring. I love the um the stuff in Japan, the strong style stuff. Yeah. When he gets out of Impact, is when he gets really good. Fair enough. Yeah. I'll give that. Right. I guess one thing fans didn't get to see enough of was him in Japan. That's mm-hmm. some gold, man. Maybe he came came over too early, but when he came over, I remember we watched that Royal Rumble together. Actually, yeah. I think right when he came out at number three, I think he came. I, mar- out. I marked out when he. Came I was out. like, okay. holy I shit! I fully marked so, out when he came out. You and I and Chris were having a conversation outside about the, his buddies, the Good Brothers. Yep. And I was making the contention, and you agree that they were wasted in WWE because the audience didn't understand what to do with them, who they were, yeah. but they knew AJ and they popped for AJ. Yeah. So that shows you how good that guy is. Mm-hmm. What is it, if you guys were to look at it, what happens to talent that comes to the WWE? What do you think they're missing that the audience isn't resonating with? I guess, Kazi, you can go first. 
It depends. I think it depends where they come from because there's some guys that come. If you come from North America wrestling, mm-hmm. I think it's easier for them because they're they're seen more often. Like everyone knows if you come from North America. Like everyone knew Bobby Roode when he came over, mm-hmm. even though he went to NXT first. I remember watching that that uh, I think it was a takeover when he popped out, and it was it was crazy. Like the fans blew up on his music hit, and they knew it was Bobby Roode coming out. And that wasn't the Toronto one. I don't remember which. No. I, I'm out. No. I don't know dates and names, but yeah. yeah. So I think it depends on where they come from. The reason Japan guys is because they just don't see them. So it's hard for them to, to really feel that connection to them when they pop out. So how do you explain a flop like Pedro's guy EC3? Oh, I don't like EC3. Never did. No, he sucks. But How like, do you explain a flop like that? Because he had I notoriety. Think you, I, think he had have, I think you have too many of the same guys that have been familiar for too many years and he doesn't resonate yeah. uniquely with the audience. When I saw him, I really didn't think... Uh, much of him, but look at Brian Cage in in AEW, right? Yeah. They're not the same guy, but just look at the so just look at the mouthpiece they put on him with Taz. Yeah, you know they never gave EC3 anything like that, considering that he might not be the best talker. So they never gave him like kind of with Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. They just kind of treated him like he was a just cookie cutter body, but. Yeah. He wasn't going to really be impactful just because I think the stature of the roster, going back to the original question, why do guys get reduced to a degree? Like, yeah. So when they come over, like, why doesn't, why don't they resonate with the audience? What I think it? WWE tries to reinvent the wheel too much Yeah, well, with the characters. Look at, look at, uh, look at Stone Cold when he came over. So when he came over, when he was at WCW, he was stunning Steve. I think he was, when he was stunning Steve, I don't, I, th- I always thought he was Stone Cold then. It's just. That was stunning, Steve. That was Stone Cold, kind of all the way up to when he went to ECW, and then Paul Heyman. I don't think he knew what to do with him because he wasn't going to have him for long enough. Mm. And then when he came to WWE, even he says, "I mean, the moment he broke free was right after they stopped giving him ideas, and he got to come up with something for himself." Well, he lucks out because DiBiase leaves, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, he didn't yeah. have, and I don't think Ted DiBiase was doing a good job being his mouthpiece. My favorite Stone Cold Steve Austin stuff was before he came Stone Cold when he was doing the hand to the TV shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that that was. I thought that was <laughs> really that really resonated with me at a young age because you could tell wrestling was changing. Yeah, you never had that when you were a kid. Hogan had some similar similarity when you were a kid because he would, he would also have like a, in his promos he would just be really in your face and he would always wear that cross on his chest yeah, so you yeah, knew yeah. his promos were probably coming from a different place in in character anyway yeah the blood sweat but, and tear promos and yeah in but, the palm of my hands and all that stuff yeah. but Stone Cold really was for my teen early teen years really resonated me with me differently so I would say. Yeah, WWE tries to do too much with their guys. Doesn't give them enough credit for getting themselves over. Because why would WWE call you up if you weren't that good all around? Yeah, exactly. They should let they let the they should the wrestler run it a bit on their own to see if they can make it. Do writers take away from some of these guys? Sure. I think if you have somebody overwriting for you that doesn't really know your character, know you as a person or individual, and doesn't know what to exploit, then yeah, you're going to be dead in the water every fucking time, right? Um. So I think that's what they did. Just overdo it. One hundred percent, I agree with that. But Vince McMahon, I think if you want, like, <laughs> we're all wrestling fans here, right? So you've seen probably every documentary on Vince McMahon. He has, he has to have, he has to have shit his way mm-hmm. Eric Young or the highway. Something. But he does. Even him, he, is he out of touch? Maybe Eric Young. Yeah, yeah you're er- saying Eric Young says something really interesting about him. Like he basically said, no matter what your opinion is, the guy has more wins than losses, so it's always going to work in his favor. Yeah. Like, he's, he's responsible for so much. 
but he's missed on a lot. So if you guys are looking back on the talent, I'll start with Kaz. What's the the, the the talent that they acquired that they struck out on the biggest? Finn Balor, 100% for me. It's Finn Balor. Yeah. They they had a stud coming from Japan, hot off the Bullet Club angle. He was he could have been huge. But they gave him the run and he got hurt. Is him getting hurt what soured them? I mean, it's probably what did it, but I don't think it should have. Injuries happen. It wasn't his fault. The other I mean, that was Seth Rollins' run of injuries. <laughs> exactly, right? So, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like that was the biggest the biggest screw-up on them because they had a, a star. Like, I think Prince Devitt... Finn Balor is, is especially as a heel. Yeah, and they don't they don't give him that. They give him this like everyone's included angle that's mm-hmm. kind of annoying in WWE. And they brought him back to NXT, and now he's he's flourishing yeah. in NXT. It's crazy as a face though, because what a pretty motherfucker. Yeah, it makes you want to hate him. Just, that's why it doesn't work. It doesn't, he's too pretty. But he he oozes everything that you probably hate. But actually, the reason why you watch him too, he's very confident. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just, he just oozes charisma when he comes out. Yeah, from and, everything from the entrance to the jacket. To the presentation. And now that they let him talk, you're yeah. like, oh, fuck. We, yo, we miss out on a lot those yeah. years. I probably think in, in Finn Balor, and it's probably a little late in the game for him, but I'm going to get back to your question in a sec, but he's probably like another Orton, but it'll be a missed opportunity. Yeah, I agree Like with you that. said. Yeah, yeah. They, they have him, but they already have an Orton and they don't want, they don't know what to do with Finn and he'll probably just... Not go to the wayside, but he'll probably never get the exposure. So who's your guy? Who who do they? Or We're throw? talking like all time with the e. Yeah, e- someone that they acquired and just didn't like. It was a big enough thing where you're like, if you do something with this guy, you have a star. Um. So for me, and it's probably gonna sound weird because, um, I was a big, I became a big ECW guy late, and I really didn't. I think they missed the ball with Taz when they brought him in. Mm. Considering the type of run Taz had in 99, no, yeah, 99, 98, and then they brought him in and he would did that match with Kurt Angle was great. Yeah. And then if that's even, his debut match. Yeah, that's his debut match. And then you listen to the, an interview that he does, or like he talks about it openly, mm-hmm. like they were just scared of like the one suplex Kurt had to kind of flip over. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they kind of misused them. I never thought they used them to the potential that they, they wanted to. They gave him the SmackDown match with Triple H, which was really good. And I thought, wow, okay, yeah. so yeah. they have a guy. And you're, I think you, you, I think you both nailed that question. Like, those for, are two for, big for, misses. For, for me, Taz was probably a guy that I watched in 98 and 99 and 2000 a little bit on TNN. And then when he came over, I was like, this is not the guy. The guy I kind of really, yeah, go yeah, back and watch sure. ACW stuff, but this is kind of and that, then, you know what, for me, that's when I knew, not knew, but kind of got an inkling that. Do you think it was, hmm. do you think it was hard for them to sell a guy who was 5'8"? 100%. Vince hates small guys. Always has. Because uh, in ECW, Hart, a lot of guys, but ECW, a they're lot of guys fi- are small, right? They're not 5'8", respectively. They're probably brothers like 6'2", 6'3", show Shawn Michaels, right? Or even Owen Hart. But, I mean, but their characters weren't people who are look at Chris Benoit, th- th- these Guerrero. crazy killers, right? Like, Taz was a dominant force in ECW. He's yeah. fucking dudes yeah. up. You can't bring like you bring him in. You put him over on Kurt, which is a big deal. I thought it was a big. Uh, Kurt wasn't who he was yet, but that's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. How would you have had a five eight Taz like intimidate Triple H at six five? With, well, you know what? I think just with sheer impactful moves, those short bruising matches, where Triple H, I don't think enough people give him credit for being a tough bastard. But I think if you had those short bruising matches with Taz and really got him to get Taz over in that manner. Mm 
four or five suplexes of different styles. Yeah. A Taz mission, Triple H doesn't tap out, but he just lets his arm go up, go up and down three times. Yeah, that gets him over clean. I think uh, he might have been a victim of being in the wrong generation because you look at like a guy like Pete Dunn, yeah. Taz. Yeah, fair enough. It's pretty much the same. Yeah, that's what you see. I think he's a little bit bigger, but yeah, yeah. But, but that's that style with the singlet, the, the look, the all of that. The, yeah. Just the rough, yeah, the rough, rough and tough kind of go at it. Mm-hmm. Nothing fancy. Thank you. Let's uh, let's bring it forward a little bit. Um, both you guys, uh, you guys jump into whoever wants to. Who's the guy right now? The guy you said that guy is the future of the business. All around. All around. Anywhere. Uh. The future of the business. I gotta say MJF, man. I think MJF from AEW has got to be the best heel in the business, hands down. Like I, and it's not the heel where you you like him. Like I actually want to see MJF get his ass kicked. That's pretty much it all the time. So he does it well, and I think he's gonna be a, a stud heel going forward, man. I can't can't wait to get a big run. I would I would tend to agree with Cause. The only thing I think that can hold back. I think in, I think something that could hold back that particular talent is how well he keeps himself in shape because of his body type. Hmm. It looks a little bulky already. For me, who's somebody that could probably take the business over in about in ten years, who could still be viable, still be around? I want to say the whole NXT roster because they're going to be. I was saying to my uh, one of my cousins and. This is where I'm going with this. Is that uh, did you watch? Cause did you watch wrestling in 1994, five, six, seven? Yeah, that's when I was still watching it for sure. And Dave, I know you're probably watching then. What was the big thing that we heard in 94, 95, 96? 94, 95. Guys what, were too small. No, what was the moniker though for the WWE? The new generation. New generation. Yeah, yeah. So in a way, I think Vince McMahon blindly has the new generation right in the palm of his hands, and he's mismanaging them. I agree with that. Yeah, I think the NXT roster is is stacked with talent that could be potentially blown up to be stars and Mm. to just answer the question with one particular person i think if they were to start transitioning finn balor in properly i think finn balor could give them another good five six years if if they gave him you know if they kind of just let him do his own thing but he's 40 yeah i don't i don't see it i think he's too old i think NXT guys, it's adam cole for me the adam cole to me Mm. is Shawn michaels Okay, let me describe. Are you? But are you? Adam, hmm. I just he's, he's small. He could. You, he's way too skinny. I don't know, man. I just think hmm. I think he's got everything else you for, like. The for attitude, me, the charisma. If, he, if I'm going to take a guy till till 45 years old and just pay him well, hmm. it's still Finn Balor. For me, Adam Cole is an NXT darling. That guy is. That, but I, mean, I don't know. I don't know about him being that, the next. That's Captain Midcard. Uh, Breath of Hitman, Harder, Shawn Michaels. What about Matt Riddle? I, I hate Matt Riddle. I hate, hate him? everything about Matt Riddle. I like I Matt think, Riddle. I like I Matt Riddle. I don't. I can't stand the guy. I, think. Yeah. I like his swagger. Yeah, Matt, Matt Riddle. Riddle. Matt Riddle's like Matt Riddle's good, but I want to keep knocking on your boy Adam Cole. It's a mid Carter. I don't think he is. I think he's only a mid Carter because they already have him. His name's Seth Rollins. No, he's not. He's better. He is a thousand times better. Than Dude, Seth he wasn't Rollins. even good better on Pat Rollins? McAfee show. Wasn't even good on Pat that McAfee was, show. Then. That was um, that was golden stuff. I don't know what you're talking about. I enjoyed that. Fully. You think that's a shoot oh, or work? Yeah, Mark. That's a, it's, a, it's a work. It's all a work. It's the biggest work. It's all a work. It's the biggest work. Triple H on the show the next day. But I think he pulled it off well. I, th- I just think Adam Cole, to me, is... When I see him, I see Shawn Michaels. I see Ring of Honor. Oh, my goodness. That's his, that's his ceiling. 
Speaking of like Ring of Honor, where do you guys fit those? Where do you guys think those in the landscape of pro wrestling? Where do you guys think those organizations fall? Ring of Honor, NWA, Power, Impact. They're playing their role perfectly. Yeah, I I love where the wrestling business is right now. Yeah. You got so many options to watch so many different wrestlers yeah. all the time. You guys ever get a chance to catch NWA Power? I used to watch At it. all. Yeah, I enjoy it. I haven't watched it in a while. They haven't had. I don't think they've had any shows since yeah. the whole thing. I like it because it's old. Yeah, it looks feels old. Yeah. Feels gritty. Feels grizzled a bit. Well, yeah. your your wheelhouse is you love the '80s stuff. I like '80s stuff. I mean, you know what? Even like '70s wrestling is not the most exciting, but you can tell. Um, even if today's stars wanted to borrow from that, they could. Did, yeah. they, did they choose to? Probably not, because it doesn't fit the mold to, yeah. to get them over on TV. But you think that stuff still would, works. You think the fans would take that slower pace, though? You think they would be able to? You know what's funny? You and I took it in 1996. I think you two, the three of us probably took it in 1996 when we watched that Iron Man match with Bret Hart and oh, Shawn Michaels. What was the first 30 minutes of that match? Hold. Match from the 70s. Yeah. Work a hold. But I, I enjoyed every minute of that match. Yeah. Yeah, that's still ranked it as my favorite match. One I, of my I favorites, think too. So, yeah, I agree with that. So, as we're in favorite matches, so let's just talk about it. If you guys were going to go, what's your match? What's the GOAT match? What's your the greatest match you've ever seen, the one you would rank at number one on your list? I got one, and it is Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect. SummerSlam, SummerSlam 1991. Yeah. Uh, I don't know dates, but yeah, that's the match, yeah, 100%. I love that match. Uh, it's my all time. Those are my two, we'll get to later, but those are my two top fives for sure, those two guys. And I'm, I, a, I'm a big Bret Mark. M- me too. I'm a big All Brett the time. Mark. Brett's a big Brett. Brett mark. I was going to say Brett's a big <laughs> Brett Mark. Damn it. That's a question for later. Who's the, who's the biggest Mark for themselves? Stone Cold or Bret Hart? <laughs> no, I think it's Ric Flair. Bret oh, Hart. Rick. WrestleMania 13? Or are you talking about who's the biggest Mark for themselves? The biggest Mark for themselves. You think Austin's the oh, Mark for himself? Yeah, I think so. He is. He is. 100%. He is. T- I no. I, we can do it right now, but I can go into Let's it. Let's do it. Let's do it. No, I want to do this now. Why is he a big Mark for himself? <laughs> yeah. He believes he, his own hype. He's very much, you know, he's more of a mark for himself than Shawn Michaels should be for a mark for himself. Yeah. That's only because Shawn found God. That's true, yeah. Well, if you look at Shawn Michaels, right? Never really an official tag champ, intercontinental champ, world champ. Didn't have a good run. Had to cop out in 98, came back in 2002. And then he just had consistently good matches for the next, like, 10 years. Great. Don't say good. Yeah. Great. Great great matches. And then, you know, Austin... Hell of a run as a, a mid card IC champ mm. has his world world title run, but if you look at the gap from 1998 till 2002, after the Attitude Era, what did he really do that impacted the business positively in a way where he changed it? Now, to be fair, to be fair, that's a good question. They turned him heel for an inexplicable reason, and he was hurt a lot, and yeah. then he had the Brock Lesnar thing where he took a year off. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to know what his impact was, and his body was done. You could sell his body was done. You remember that last match with The Rock? He had nothing. Yeah. Right? But why But why today is he a mark for himself? If, if you just hear him on the interviews, like I think, he, yeah. He just, he believes in, like, he thinks he's Stone Cold, and I get it, you play yourself up, but I think he, he considers himself like the greatest of all time and fair enough he but, had a hell of a run okay but by that you know, logic you, isn't rick flair a mark for himself? I was, oh that, yeah so that's what i was gonna say i think the biggest mark for himself is rick flair that makes sense because he feels like everything he did was real yeah i heard him say one time uh who did you beat that's his favorite about bret hart I'm like you didn't beat anyone well i mean bret beat him i think that's a lot <laughs> it's, like, i think rick flair should ask himself you know who agreed to Help put me over exactly. I mean, exactly. yeah. And the thing with Flair, Dusty Rhodes twice, Ricky Steamboat a few times. Now, Sting. one of the problems I ever I always had exactly. with Flair is his matches were very formulaic. Well, pe- I mean, yeah. it was. No, and, no. and Brett had that too, to a degree. Yeah. But it was the same spot. You knew where Flair was going. You knew how this yeah. match would end. Now, with with yeah, 
with Flair in his like early days, like I said, Dusty Rhodes, Harley Race, um, Steamboat, all just to kind of give him the the best matches they possibly could. Oh, now he know. gave Sting his best matches, and Sting gave some him some of his best matches at the later time. Um, but yeah, I agree with Cause there. Probably a big mark for himself. Yeah. So, so you say Austin's the biggest mark for himself. You go for a big yeah. He, Austin, from what I've seen from these guys, Austin's the biggest. Flair. Right underneath him. Now, Red uh, Heart. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Sorry, guys. Don't interrupt. But uh, the audience member here is saying the word Jericho. Whoa. I think for I think for a guy who's still Pedro. producing actively. Yell it out, buddy. And, Yell it out. And getting guys over. No, I don't think Jericho's a mark. I think he's fantastic, but he's a huge mark for himself. The guy thinks he's a rock star. Pedro's a fucking 100% right. Jericho's a huge mark for himself. He hit. Body of work, though. Don't you think he has a right but to But deserves be? it 100%. Okay, wait, he wait, does. wait. Whoa. So he does. Whoa. Let's let's dispel something here because Dave has a little bit of problem with this, and I love Chris Jericho. Tris, Chris Jericho's body of work over the last ten years is not excellent. It's not. But so, take, but take so his body you, of work you, over his entire career. Do you discredit? Oh, well, we agree. Do you discredit yeah, agree. all the times he's been able to reinvent himself at main event? Yeah, that that's fine. But the main event thing is something that the powers that be dictate. Like, okay, I'll get you know one of his biggest. But he fa- has to get himself over I'll to I'll, get there. But no? I'll tell you one of his biggest failures. Then is if that's the case, he couldn't get the WrestleMania main event with him and Kevin Owens. And that was the best storyline of that year. That wasn't on him. That's on. But this is my point. But that's on creative but, and where they should go. But that's on my based point. So when you they draw, when right? you say main events, it's the powers that be that dictate that. So I don't give him that. Listen, the guy's great, but he hasn't been good in the ring in ten years. No, guys, compared to what he was, would you, would his work rate is not fair great. enough. But everyone, as they age, your work rate's gonna get it's gonna decrease. But, but, but he it, still can hang in there. With if you're all saying those he's guys. good at forty nine, an, an organ- he's excellent at forty nine. Yeah. I'm just saying an organization took a gamble on the men to kind of to set them. Yeah, that's no gamble to get them the most eyes they that's, could, which is that's no gamble. Decent. Hold on, I mean, if you're thinking I'm gonna start a company but they, before this all happened, what, are you what, saying Chris Jericho's the guy? Like they I, at that point in time, if, you know if, why? If Cody Rhodes never has Chris Jericho, does e- AEW take uh, off? Not a chance. Yeah, not a chance. Yes, it does. I don't think so. How, you think Cody gets guys over? Do you Co- think Cody's a good enough name to get guys over? Where it's oh, I got over on Cody Rhodes. Big. Oh, are you saying because Jer- but Jericho didn't put any anybody really big over for a while? Like it's, it took him a while, man. Like, well, yeah, no, but that's because he's been the face of the organization for they, like the last year and a half. They right? need him to establish everything. The title that'd be established by him, but I he, think once he leaves, we'll there, see what there, happens. There's a lot of guys that could have filled that role. You could have took Orton and done that. You could have took Edge and done that. You could have took a lot of guys. To I do don't. That. I don't. Think I don't think Orton. Yes, I, I would say yes. Edge. So. Mm-hmm, we know Edge is well protected in the spot he's in right now. Yeah. Oh, but he's he like. Even his peers say that guy is a creative genius. Edge? Yeah. He gets a I lot of props from his peers. From I don't see years. him, you know what, until I actually see something that's a body of work of his creatively, I'm not going to His. I'm his, not going to dismiss it, but I'm not going to agree with that as well. I'll just go by reviews about what his peers have said about yeah, him in interviews. No, but, but his stuff with Christian, I thought was always amazing. Yeah. T- to me, the, the stuff they did in early when they were tag teaming Pin was that. my favorite shit they ever did. Man. Pin that it was right there. so good. Pin that right there, because we're going to talk about that. But... But to be fair, I didn't. I don't really care for his rated R superstar stuff. <gasps> I don't care for it. No, you, you, you didn't think that was entertaining at all. It, it was all right, but like, what I, a run! That is that is the crux of what millennial society, like what our society was today, when we were horny teenagers. But all I, rated R superstar shit. But I think he was put in a spot because there's no one else around, and that's that's my problem with a lot of those mm, guys. No one that, else around at that time. Who is who is available to fill those spots back then? Wouldn't you say that makes him Jericho was stand around. on his own though, because he was able to carry that era or that time for that long a period before they had other options comes back 
but they, I mean, like there was no one else to get, no one else there at that time. Like I felt that's when I, and then again, that's when I dropped out of wrestling. So I only saw it in pieces and bits. But that's so, okay, the reason so I dropped out was because so I was. Fair. No, I thought he did some really so good stuff in his. In they his didn't heyday. draw me enough to to watch it. So let's talk about that era for a second, only because to me, that era produced one of the best feuds ever, and that was Jericho. Sorry, it's uh, Edge and John Cena. So looking at that, I thought those matches were great. What's the best feud you've ever seen? Because hmm. that that's my favorite. Those two, that was a great run. Oh, I broke them. Yeah, it's 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 so there's so much like you have to watch one feud. So they put it all on a DVD. Best feud for me, Shawn Michaels Bret Hart. The whole thing. The whole thing. Because it was real. It was it was a work. It was real. It was all at the same time. And that, they, they and got a DVD. Yeah, they got a DVD. Pick another one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, give him give him like so. I have uh like an. Like an underground feud that's a favorite, and then I got a mainstream feud that's my favorite. You know, Raven so, Dreamer. No, so I, so my mainstream feud that I watch on DVD any day of the week on repeat, easily Austin Rock. Okay, yeah, I can see that. You got three WrestleManias out of that one, so that's pretty yeah. good. And then my underground feud, as much as people might not know about the feud itself, is probably in '98 in ECW where Jerry Lynn. Feuded with Van Dam. Those matches are amazing. From like ninety eight, ninety nine. Uh, your Mark friend is saying Sammy versus Owens. Jesus. Yeah, Jeez, yeah, Mark. I mean, in front of ten people. Sure, yeah, I was gonna if you say, get yeah. those ten people, yeah. the three of us watched those matches. Yeah, yeah. it was great, man. Just... If you get the same ten people that showed up to the matches yeah. in ROH and get them, buddy, listen, cast, me and Chris were sure. one of thirty people to watch Davey Richards and Kevin Owens, which was a really good match, actually. <laughs> oh, what a waste! What a waste! <laughs> we they, crammed in... their ass off yeah, in that match, and he eats the cake after. And there's like thirty of us in the arena in Toronto. That's what yeah, a joke! It literally, like, you, if you've ever been to a, uh, if you've ever been on a <laughs> class field trip to a skating rink, <laughs> that's what the fuck it that's was. They it didn't like, take eh? any boards down, mm. nothing. Me that's and Dave were behind glass. Mm. With other Neanderthals, like way high, high of us, <laughs> yelling shit, calling <laughs> spots. It was annoying, but the match was good. Yeah. Those are my two favorites. Austin Rock and Van Damme and Jerry Lynn. I like it. I like it. You still going to go with yours? I I, I stand by it because that, that's what I, my childhood is that one of those matches, man. The Iron Man match. Everything was sunny. Oh, man, it was great. It, it, it See, everything really... was sunny, though. That's behind the scenes shit. Do you think that stands up as your, your most favorite feud just based on the Actually, longevity of it? It's funny because if From you look back on it now, it's pretty good. Because of a feud that... Like, Considering tends... they only really had two matches, those ah, two guys. But to Cos's point, you can go back to the Rockers versus the Hart Foundation and it's it starts there. Yeah, like... You they, think so, eh? Cause, okay. Especially because you know the backstory. So you know that Sean and H and, and uh, Brett have been at it since... For they, a while. Since before they were even stars on the roster. They knew that those two were similar enough that they were going to be at each other's neck and neck the whole way. So, like, the feud started from back, yeah, like, when they first came into WWE and they were both there at the same time. Brett knew Sean was good and Sean knew Brett was good and they knew that eventually one day they were going to... One thing I will say about Bret Hart is one thing I really loved hearing as a kid was, I'm the fightingest WWF champion <laughs> that there ever will be. Because <laughs> yep. at that point, I always, like, as a kid, you always, not dreaded, but it would be interesting to see who would be the next champ and... He always gave himself that moniker on top of yeah. him being the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Fighting as WWF. The champ. fighting is. Pedro says Hoovy versus Ray. Jeez. 
Hoovy versus Jericho every, is better. Every opening WCW pay-per-view match, sure, but yeah. not the greatest. They never drew, drew money. I enjoy Ray and Guerrero. Rare and Eddie. Were I enjoyed great. a lot of uh, Benoit Jericho stuff. Yeah, Bernard was fun. Bernard chimed in with a Booker T versus The Rock Battle of the Bookend. Oh my goodness! Oh boy, <laughs> the supermarket brawl with Austin and Booker T. Hey, those, are, those were funny to watch. Just, always is he? My, is he criminally <laughs> underrated though, Booker T? No, yeah. overrated. A hundred percent overrated. Overrated. Wow. 100%. I think. I, I think. I, like in greatest of all time, we're talking. No, no, just like in general. Like, if you look at his career, I think he's criminally underrated. And also, I think, he, about... I think he did a lot with the time he had and the position he had between that transition from WCW ending and coming into WWE cold. Mm. So I think, yeah, for me, yeah, I would agree. And underrated. watching Triple H fuck him at WrestleMania 19. Hunter Hearst. <laughs> Yo, all that racially charged stuff. And, yeah, yeah. and then you don't even go over. You go over on the guy and you take your time to pin him. Oh, shit. No, wait. We have to go back. I have one more feud. Shucky ducky quack quack. <laughs> <laughs> I have I, I, I do have I have one more feud that had two or three matches that were on TV. Mm-hmm. It's uh then these because of how stiff the, the feuds were. No, actually I have two more feuds. Fuck, I have like four total. Chris, god damn it, we only have so much time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, fuck it. You know what? If I'll let you guys come up with the feud. I'm surprised yeah. it's not one of I'm surprised one of my feuds is not one of Dave's favorites. I might have forgot feuds. something. I'm getting yeah. old. But it's uh Benoit Sullivan. <laughs> Oh, oh that would be number two. And uh, for me, the other, the fourth and final feud. That's my favorite. Is, uh, that's my second favorite match. It's probably the couple of matches that, that I've seen on TV with Taz and Sabu because of how yeah, yeah. stiff they were. Super stiff. So yeah. yeah, okay, I got four. I fucked around and hey, now that <laughs> we touched on it, want. because he would probably be my goat if he were alive and didn't kill anybody. But uh, Benoit Hall of Fame. Strictly on man, just on fucking, merit, just on merit. Uh, man, on they merit fucking alone. put you have Abdullah the Butcher in the Hall of Fame. One hundred percent. Why the fuck Benoit does something? He was very mentally ill. Actually, if we, you know how cancel culture is now, yeah. If we go back and examine Chris Benoit under twenty twenty standards, he had mental illness. One hundred percent. Should he still be vilified? I, I know you and Pedro are, are big baseball fans. What about how, does Pete Rose fall in the same category Pete, in terms of why they won't like? I'll tell you something. Let me tell you something. Pedro will always have my respect for one one big reason, and he did it, and I and I always respect it, and he'll always have this. We went to the Hall of Fame. He, uh, he, uh, he, I, and one who shall not be named until he shows up at this podcast. And they're doing a tour, and the tour we just had me walking by, and the tour says, "Well, the Baseball Hall of Fame isn't affiliated with Major League Baseball." My man Pedro says, "Excuse me, may I ask a question? We're not part of the tour." Then why isn't Pete Rose part of the Hall of Fame? Mic drop. Walk Boom. on. That's it. No, so I, I liken it to that. Aside yeah, from what happened personally, I mean, if anybody should go in at some point, whether it's he's the headliner or he's the first person they choose to induct on the night of, it, put his name there. Why wouldn't you put his well, name I there? I mean, induct I matches. Like A maybe, wing for matches. Like him and Kurt. Yeah. Right? Uh, or my favorite ladder match, him and Jericho. Jericho from 2001. It's the Rumble. best spot I've ever but seen. But isn't he pretty much stricken from every... Like, no one mentions Chris Benoit. But they, they put him on the network stuff. You can still watch Can you find match. his network? Yeah. yeah. You know what probably probably... You know what probably still eats Vince McMahon, eh? Benoit won the belt at, Rus- at the 20th anniversary yep. of WrestleMania. That probably still stays... I, w- I bet you if you could go back in time and redo it... But that's unfortunate because it's one of the greatest moments, just purely two buddies who yeah. made it at the end. They both went over on the main events of Russ. Like, that is... Yeah. If you know that's what? not the best WrestleMania moment ever, I don't know what is. 
No one ever talks about Eddie Guerrero and how good he was. It's he's completely underrated. He feels so overshadowed to me that he should be not littered everywhere, but they should mention him more than they do now. I agree with yeah. that. In terms mm-hmm. of influence and the mm-hmm. match quality he had in the last and four years of his career. Well, not only that, the body of and work. the lie cheat and steel promos oh, and the, the vignettes and all that stuff. Those it, were great. I love the WCW stuff when he was cruiserweight and US champ. Yep. Like he was yeah. putting on match after match after match. Consistent. Like it was crazy. Just even consistent. with that dirty mullet and mustache, he was killing it. I liked it even better. <laughs> he should have kept it all the time. He's probably like in my top ten. Yeah, I agree with of that. Of all time. hundred percent. Who's the goat? The goat. Who's the goat? For me? Undertaker. Undertaker. Goat. Sell me on it. Give me a minute. Give me one minute spiel why the Undertaker's a goat. Never needing the world title to be the biggest draw at WrestleMania. Fuck. Fair enough. He's not wrong. And the time that he got it, he was a champ. He beat Batista. Fuck. But never needing it and always needing to co- always wanting to come back or having, always having to be the draw WrestleMania. Yeah. Undertaker. Total body of work plus that. You, you're bigger than the world title. Yeah, he is. He's not wrong. You can marquee with WrestleMania with, with the world titles going on, say, 7th and 8th and put him on last. People, you, you could easily stay to watch him. Fire. Yeah, Fair Chris, enough. I like it. Guys, who to go? I'm gonna go Hulk Hogan. Hey, just uh, he made the business. The wrestling is what it is because of Hulk Hogan. If there was no Hulk Hogan, you don't have Pedro. Business. Really wants to say La Parca, but we're not gonna <laughs> let him. <laughs> Badly, he wants to is say that La your Parca. Guy, Pedro, is it La Parca? The chairman of WCW is what he wants to say. But, <laughs> yeah. Do the do the La Parca the do the, the dance. Yeah. Do the, oh. <laughs> No, I Hulk think if you dress them up, it'd be a good Laparka. He'd be perfect. Dave, yeah. how about you? Who's your your goat? Uh, I go back and forth on this all time. Uh, it's probably I don't want to say the Rock, but it was probably the Rock. Hmm. It's the Rock for several reasons. Uh, it's he does have like I'm always skeptical of his in ring work, but he does have some really good matches. It's the greatest promo we've ever seen. Hundred percent. It's just it's undeniable. The star power is he took the Hogan mold and he blew that shit out the water. Yeah. And to this day, that guy will show up. He showed up on Raw eight years later and the crowd lost their fucking minds. Yeah. All he's got to do is show up and look at the crowd, you know, and they pop for 20 minutes. It, it's it's the think, most it's craziest thing. Think about his best run. When did he come? He came in 96. Yeah. And he left in 2002, right? Yes. And that's what about that's the seven, first That's his first absence. That's about yeah. what, six, seven years? Yeah. Think about, so to your point that you just made, he left and he showed up eight years later and no one forgot him. Yeah. That's when you kind of made a mark in the wrestling business, right? Aside from like the exposure, all ex-wrestlers, not ex-wrestlers, but all retired wrestlers have now where you'll never forget about Taz because he's great, but he has his own podcast and you hear him whenever you want to. Yeah. Right? Um, And now you see Edge and these guys come back every so often, but The Rock, yeah, I mean, if you can impact the business that way in six years, think about it, in six years, 72 months, you have to impact your industry, you leave and come back and you're still wanted. And, yeah. f- and think about the first two years where nobody wanted him. Yeah, because of the gimmick he had, right? Yeah, right. This, this goes back to what we were talking about where the E just was like, okay, you'll do this. When they try to put too much. And yeah. you'll really do this well because we think this is what's going to work and yeah. we, we paid a lot of people money to write this shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then look how they treated him those first couple of years brutal. until he just said, fuck it, I'm going to yeah. be the, and I'll of, be the rock. And think about when you were a kid, who's everyone quoting the next day? The rock. The rock. Or Stone, yeah. The rock or Stone, Stone Cold. Cold. Yeah. yeah. And I was never an Austin guy. I was always the rock. I know. Austin never going to suck it. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that was me, man. Sorry. I was DX I, until until Sean was gone. No, I was still. I, I just never, I never stopped with DX. I'll, I'll say it right now. Triple H is the guy who's the most underrated and overrated at the same time. I agree with that. I've never seen a guy mm. who is so polarizing, but he's both underrated and overrated. He reminds me, you know what? Triple H for me will be an in-between medium of not, I don't want to say Ric Flair, but can he, can he do this? Can he go in and put himself, can he get talent over? Triple H? Yeah. When well, he wanted to, because he got Sheamus over. <laughs> did he get Sheamus over? Did he get Sheamus over? Did he get? Did he do a really good job at? But then, you he know, did, then he did Booker. Yeah, and then you know the problems with him is, and I Bret Hart's maybe it's an ego thing. thing. Maybe it's a I'm a Triple H. I'm I'm the guy because mm-hmm. I was I was actually he wasn't never the guy, but he was in a he was in the right place at the right time. Like, Cause you said something about Edge earlier that I think is the Triple H thing. He only got that run because there was nobody. There was yeah exactly. How I many agree. times in that year did we watch him fight The Rock on pay per view? Oh yeah, yeah, going back, back and forth. Yeah. But it was forever. It felt like. that's all there. That's all. But there was then he goes away. Austin gets hurt, and then he gets his big run. But who, like, thank God, the Undertaker was still there. So yeah. then there yeah. was a new influx of talent coming at a time to give us fresh matches but for him. Right? Brett had a good criticism of him, saying he's never had like that great match. Like he just yeah. What's what's his match that doesn't have Shawn Michaels in it? You could only one. I can only think of one. It's the three stages of hell with Austin. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh no! You know what? The first uh, taker match. The the uh, like WrestleMania seventeen. I like that one a lot. No, there was a ma- he fought Austin once at a Survivor Series in two thousand one. I like that. I enjoyed that. That's like a guilty pleasure match for me. I think. Give me something. It's cut. a short match, but That's it's good. good. You said the taker match. I've been over taker matches for a, for like a long time at this point. Like pretty much the two Sha- the Shawn Michaels ones. Yeah. And after that, I'm like, I no, don't. No, but the one in seventeen. The one in between the two? No, the first first one. Oh, the, f- the first one oh. is WrestleMania X7 in Houston. Yeah, yeah, okay. He's yeah. still Biker Taker. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, that, okay, sorry, yeah, yeah. And they just, like, punch each other for, like, fucking 10 sure. minutes, but they got all over the arena. Yeah, that one you're talking about. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I think they meant, like, the... That I, was think he, I think they had a weird choke slam off, off of off a scaffold. scaffold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They just have this weird feud where they're just feuding over, I'm the guy who makes people famous. <laughs> and one had a lead pipe and all sorts of shit. Yeah, and, like, yeah. it was just the most random, I, like, they had no idea what to do with these two feuds. I liked when they made him... They really put Triple H over as a badass when they when he when he jumped the Undertaker. I think maybe it was on SmackDown. He jumped Taker and then he sat on his throat. Yes, that's with right. With a chair. That's yeah, right. yeah. I know who you know who I am. I'm the guy for crippling people. I'm yeah, famous for crippling yeah, people. Yeah, that was yeah, a yeah, really yeah, yeah. that will always stick out in my head as a really good Triple H promo. Did we? Uh, did I ask you guys what the best match of all time is? Uh, best match? No, yeah. we haven't covered that. Yeah, did you say? Uh, I said Bret Hart versus. Well, we agree Mr. that's our favorite, Mr. Pru- that's oh, our favorite. favorite. Yeah. But what's what's the best match you think? Like, what's the one that's the biggest impact? Everybody knows. I know. I don't want to say. Okay, I'm going to exclude Steamboat Savage. Okay. No, but that's 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 a front runner. Maybe maybe the maybe the pedestal's right underneath that. Then. I just think it's a one off because like, I have it's, one. It's, I think it's the easy go to. Is the Steamboat Savage because it, <laughs> it is because it because it gets highlighted every you know year what? and we see it yeah, every year. Any Mark can come out and say, "Oh, Steamboat Savage." Yeah, fair enough. I can yeah. see that. It's shallow and pedantic, like it's uh, from ninety four, ninety five. What is that, Brett? Brett Bob Backlund? <laughs> what, oh. what are you writing there? Pedro told me it's the the the, the Razor uh, Ramon ladder match. Yeah. Fuck out of here, man. That's actually you know what? If we go, can we just go back for a minute. Match. One of the most underrated matches I still remember bits and pieces of that nobody ever talks about is. Bret Hart, Razor Ramon at Royal Rumble 93. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
And nobody ever talks about Brett and Owen at SummerSlam and WrestleMania. WrestleMania no one ever talks about those I, matches. I love the Brett Owen I like the SummerSlam match better. Yeah. Really? I, I yeah, like the I WrestleMania like the 10 ma- match better. I like WrestleMania better. It was a more technical wrestling that match. That finish is perfect. For Owen. Yeah. That's a, a little that's a little brother yeah. that got you yeah. with something you taught me finish. Yeah, yeah that's such a beautiful finish. Yeah. I've talk had... about one of the most over I mean underrated wrestlers of all time. Owen, Owen Hart, hundred yeah. percent. If that guy was around, I think he could have been huge. I think he would be really good and creative right now if he was still if the accident he never happened. Would have been champ if Brett had said, I want to put Owen over as champ. There's yeah, some I'm Brett So here's a here's Brett something, do that. No fucking way. Here's something for <laughs> you no guys. Way. I guess during the Hogan run. Do you guys think there were any opportunities for Vince to get risky and put the belt on a heel as a transition champ for Hogan to get over more? Undertaker. Yeah, didn't they do it with Yokozuna? Uh, so I'll go back a bit. I think they missed that opportunity at some point with Million Dollar Man and Mr. Perfect. There was a, there was a period in 91, 90-91 when Mr. Perfect and Hogan were just like everywhere. And they were having really good matches too, despite two different styles. But I think they really missed a chance with Mr. Perfect just to get, just to have Hogan go back over on him. Like, and I'll give you an example. The 90 Royal Rumble, when Hogan won the Royal Rumble, I thought that was maybe the time for them to get risky and try something new before they tried something new later on. Hogan, Mr. Perfect, Royal Rumble 1990 would have been great. In 1990, they got mad risky. That's when Warrior went over, remember? (laughs) What do you guys feel about that? What? Warrior? Warrior going over, yeah. I was such a warrior mark Me as a too, kid. 100%. I, like, I can't... Like, I look at it now through the lens of a guy who knows wrestling. I'm like, fuck, that's terrible. But, but as a little guy? Loved every uh, second of it. Are we all in agreement that the best match Warrior had was at... Who are we talking about? Warrior, his best match? It's Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> it's WrestleMania It's WrestleMania 12. Uh, Savage. Yeah, Savage. WrestleMania Savage. 7. That's best the, Warrior match. No, no, no. That's Savage's greatest work of fucking pulling a loser right? and getting something out of him. Fine. That's Savage's mastery. Okay, it shows how it shows. It just how shows how good Randy Savage was. He was. So in terms of getting people over, then Savage better than Flair. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. What did you guys think of their WrestleMania Eight match? That's the. Uh, I like that match. It's the, one of my favorite the tights, Savage matches the, the, to watch. The, the tights match, right? Where you, when you grab the tights, yeah, that's yes. one, right? Yeah. 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 That promo at the end was amazing by Flair. You know, that buildup was very different for the time. With a tear in my eye. Oh. So good. Oh, my God. With Perfect and everyone around and, and Heenan. Oh and my that's God. where Flair's at his best. Oh, that's, that's Crimson the Mask, busted yeah. open. You guys think that was the last time Flair was ever really great? Or was it when years later with Shawn Michaels and when he was the IC no, champ? No, I think that's the <laughs> <laughs> You guys remember that? There, no, there's the feud with him and Mach at WCW I liked when he does the figure four and Mach's dad. Dad? So they, that got good heat. <laughs> that was some entertaining shit to watch. Yeah, and then someone got hit with a cane. Think about it. In 1995, yeah. you're like 10 or 11, depending on the year you're yeah, born. Yeah. And if you're born in 85. Yeah, match, match is always going to be like in my top three. Like that's, 100%. It's, it's, just not a, it's not a question. He's Funniest promo, good in the... Oh, my God. Like, going back to favorite match of all time, that's a that's, that's a tough one for me. I don't know if Kaz, you want to roll with that one. Favorite, because the favorite I told you was Brett. Yeah, yeah. So forget favorite. Let's say what do you think like the most important match. The most oh, most important, I, Hogan Rock. I think Hogan Rock was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. Just Ooh. as as a fan, just watching it, I got yeah. like legit chills. I'm not yeah. gonna lie, like I had chills watching that match. I'm always amazed how good that match actually is. Yeah, and it's not like a bad no, match. No, it's a good, it's a good match. It's a good match, and just the the way the the crowd transitioned it, like right. they they controlled what happened in there. And for those who don't know, that happened right here at home. It yeah. did. It did. It happened to T-Dot. In Toronto. Oh, man. Um, 
most important when you say important yeah what's so, the criteria like, around that well you get to choose what the important but it's the, it's the biggest cultural impact like to me it's the screw job oh the screw job is what changed everything in wrestling Working it's hard. Work. It's hard for me to go against whatever. <laughs> it's a not this, work. Yeah. I want to say the conspiracy that it's a work, but it's not a work. It can't be. A I work. love Scott Hall's theory that it's the greatest work of all time. Come on, bro. It's definitely a work. They all knew about it. <laughs> there's, there's no way. I think. I think. When Who it, would I, sacrifice I, getting a stroke for a work? That means Brett's the goat. <laughs> Brett, if that's a work, Brett's oh, the, the goat. One hundred percent. What did you just what say? What do you say? A ninety-six Halloween havoc. <laughs> What match? And so you know the so just because you flash at me, what I'm remembering now is something I wanted to ask you guys. Mm. WCW's downfall. They tried to do everything that was done ten years previously, ten years too late. I don't think it's that. No, I don't think it's that. I think they had so much talent, and what they did is they relied on the old guys. And Eric didn't know what Vince knew, and that's how to make new talent. I think you, you don't, don't think that opportunity was there though, with like having the, even making new talent with the new talent with the cruiserweights starting, and then Ben Juan Guerrero, and then well, look at the guys they let go, and look at what became of them. Yeah, fair enough. WWE's problem was it I always thought inmates running the asylum. I was trying to tell my nephew. Creative control, way yeah. too much. You mm-hmm. let the guys, you give them too much control. They're gonna, they're gonna want to put themselves over. Guys like Nash, I love Nash. Don't get me wrong, but as a character, and you as think a it, promo, but uh, fuck, I could do with I, I can't. He has one good match, and it's Brett. Yeah, he's better now. Uh, I no. like him now. Good friends, better enemies. Shawn Michaels. I oh, hate yeah, that yeah, match. Yeah. I like that no, match. I enjoyed that no, stuff. No, no. I enjoyed that. The whole it feud. shows him off as a, a real. Yeah. Although that's a great championship run mm. by Shawn, but I don't think yeah. that's a. His best match is Survivor Series with Brett when he jackknifes Brett three times and chucks him into a table. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, one. yeah, that's a good match. That was the first time I seen someone go through a table like that. Yes, yeah. that's the that's the other one. Yeah, yeah, well done, Pedro. That's very good. What do you say? What do you say? He 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 remembered the finish, the small package. Oh, yeah, that's... But, I mean, he would remember the small package. Of course he would. Hey, <laughs> pulse package. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, most important match. I can't argue with you there. Brett, okay, Brett and Sean screw job. That's a hard one. And most important match, I think. So by era for me in the late eighties, it was probably. In the late 80s, on a downfall for WWE, probably not getting... And a lot of people are going to argue with me on this, but I think really having um, Hogan go over at WrestleMania 5 in 89, but having Macho still be the return in Toronto at WrestleMania 6. Would have been correct. That that should have been the... I think those were... Even if he had went over in, on him again at WrestleMania 6, it yeah. doesn't really offset the fact that WrestleMania 7 wouldn't have happened. Yeah. It would have given more room it would have given more time for Warrior to grow, I think. Yeah. And yeah. then he would have been ready for a real good beat macho match and then be the champ in ninety two. And the way things play out for me and at that point is maybe that wouldn't have been a retirement match, but SummerSlam ninety two would have been really good and you could have really got Warrior over stronger yeah. and then you oh. could have had your new generation shift That's mm. true, yeah. in ninety three, ninety four, ninety five. So by era in WWE, for me, that's a really important match because they could have changed things if they wanted to. And on the WCW NWA side, I don't like saying NWA side, but on the WCW side, it's uh, maybe Flair Steamboat Russell 89 is important because Flair, I think they knew at that point Steamboat couldn't carry the company into the 90s like they wanted him to. There's a, hold on, there's a couple more things I wanted to get in on. Uh, one is, there's two other parts, and unfortunately, one I, we got some a little more time, but there's two things. One thing I want to get in was, um, and I want to get both your opinions on this real quick. It's the greatest faction of all time, the greatest stable. NWO. Oh, Chris. 
you know what? Because of how much heat they had, based on heat and the longevity of how they could keep it up the nation. It's obviously the Dungeon of Doom. Horsemen, you bums! You, you know why no. I said the nation? It's not the they, NWO. They, they could still piss people off today. What could the NWO do? Here's the problem. My problem with the NWO today: it's a bunch of guys who are established main eventers, but, but nothing. You, they just you, the you, best faction. They didn't say the best heel faction. I no, but I think for me that's why they're the best faction. Because if you took them retroactively mm. into from the era they got heat in and put them in today's era, heat magnets. Why is the NWO the best faction? Just the. It's because of the uh, the change they instituted in wrestling. I think that's why they're the best faction. Not so much on screen, but what what it did to wrestling. Does that give Eric Bischoff the greatest idea in the history of wrestling? No, he stole it from New Japan. That's a tell new, him, tell him, that's, tell him. That's a New Japan idea, man. That started out. Well, what there. about what about just execution in North America then? Yeah, you know, in North America, I think because I the, think he doesn't get enough credit for no. actually changing the business in that way in terms of making factions profitable. He turned, look at look at you you like Adam Cole, right? I love Adam Cole. Look at the look at that faction. Yeah. I you think know. they're I think they're one of the best factions right now in wrestling. And maybe that would that wouldn't have that in in, in 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 you know that wouldn't have spurned if we didn't have an NWO. Yeah, exactly. And I think they changed that exactly. I love the horsemen, don't get me wrong. I just don't think when it comes to changing the business, NWO legitimately changed the business. Okay. That's okay. Right. I for me, heat wise, explanation. You could bring them in today, and they would. Would they be? They would fa- piss would, a lot of people off. Would man. they be faces right now, though? Yeah, probably. I think they'd be faces right now. Mm, depends where you run the towns. Fuck. Fair you know enough. What? You know what? Yes, they would have had the. You're so smart, man. They would have had the Bret Hart thing. 100. percent In certain towns, <laughs> faces. Yeah, in yeah. certain <laughs> towns, heat. If you ran in southern United States, no, yeah. there's no chance. Well, man, we would have had great TV. You know, because imagine the crowds outside of the arena. Yeah. Yeah. People Ooh. would have been throwing stuff. It would have been that old school, like what. Well, what yeah. a lot of Jim Cornette talks about. Mm-hmm. No, don't talk about Jim Cornette, please. Oh my God, the greatest he... mind in the history of the business. Yeah, that belongs to that. <laughs> that belongs. That belongs to Paul Heyman. I think forty-five years ago, it. maybe Jim Cornette was a good mind. Jim Cornette. Do you ever see Jim Cornette <laughs> book the invasion angle? It's one of the worst fucking things I've ever seen. I've never. I. I... No, no, cause you got to see this okay, card. I'll... I'll, we'll, we'll look at the card after. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about it. Okay. It's I, think of, I, I think I watched some of one, that shoot. It's one. I of think the, he did that with uh, those K uh, K commentaries. Came on that. Fave, one of the dumbest guys. fucking things I've ever seen. He's so lost in his own world that he thinks I don't know. He can't think, get past it. I think that title belongs to Paul Heyman. I agree. But he ran a whole organization on nothing. Chris didn't even want to daps you, bro. He didn't want to daps you. You know why? Because he knows you're a mark. Get out of here, Pedro. Pedro's a mark. The biggest mark. Uh, Pedro's not our Meltzer, no. He's not. No, no, no. Meltzer knows stuff. (laughs) No, he does. Alvarez. (laughs) Oh, man. Really that. You know what? You're, uh... What's the other guy? Uh, The guy who works for WWE right now. The guy we were making fun of the other day. Curly here, uh, Paul Rosenberg, the Paul ball Rosenberg. guy. Oh, Paul Rosenberg. Yeah, you're definitely. Yeah, Rosenberg, you're Rosenberg. 100%. I can't. I can't he, I hate him. Him and the other one. Uh, what's the Sam? Ba- what's his face? The bald one. Oh, no. There's Rosenberg is the bald one. Rosenberg is the bald one. Sam Roberts. And Sam. yeah, both of those two. I can't. I don't hate on Sam Roberts because he has some good interviews. And yeah. if you're not Chris Fanfleet, I don't listen to you. Man, I, I hate that guy because he. Like, I'm joking. I'm a big Chris Fanfleet fan. <laughs> Me too, man. He's pretty and he's smart. Yeah, and he's a good interview and Canadian. And he's from Toronto. And <laughs> what a what yeah, a guy! Do it, man. Uh so other than us agreeing that Chris Benoit is the greatest rusher of all time. <laughs> no, uh, I think we said we, he, we. I think we said we he should get in the Hall of Fame. I know what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to do? Every time, real John, quick, uh, best tag team ever. 
best tag team ever? Yeah. Our foundation for me. For you, yeah. I'm going to go with Legion of Doom. Edge Christian. Oh. No, you said cause. You said Legion of Doom, but. The Road Before Warriors. Le- yeah, pre-Legion of Sorry, Doom, no, Road I, Warriors. Dude, oh, I meant the Road Warriors. Oh, Chris Road. called I, you a mark? He did. He called me a mark. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I just don't want him. I don't want him. Let's no, just, I, I don't remember how old I am. I'm, I I'm a little bit younger. He, he, yeah, he I called you want, an E-mark. I don't want him to be thinking, oh, the red shoulder pads no, were all no, there no, was, no. right? The, the hey, road, hey, hey, hey. But LD 2000 with Sonny wearing the shoulder pads was good. No, the helmets looked really cool, but aside <laughs> no, from that. No, no, the the road warrior. I meant the road warrior. Sorry. I, I apologize. Yeah. The road warriors. Uh, tell me something. Get, get something out of the way that we can get, that you want to get out of wrestling or anything. Well, I just, uh, I love the way it is right now. I'm so, like, I watch... I watch Impact, I watch ROH, I watch AEW, I watch NXT. I don't watch Raw and SmackDown because they're trash. You can't. I tried. You oh, can't do you it. You can't do it, man. <laughs> can't you really it. can. It's so bad. But uh, I just love the business and where it's at, man. I, it's, I've never been happier to be a wrestling fan. There's so much options for everybody. And even for the, the talent, like it's not just one company anymore. You can go anywhere and make money. Can you imagine once the E figures it out? They never figure it out. But and, if they do. Yeah, when Vince dies, that's when they'll figure it out. You can't die. <laughs> He can't, he can't die. die. He's, he's the guy's fucking. He's the real immortal. I think so. He yeah. gave Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan his gimmick. <laughs> That's his gimmick. Yeah, he's like, That's I'll let you gimmick. have this, pal. You can have it, bud. It's good shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> Give me something, Chris. Uh, I'm really digging. I've always digged NXT since it's form new formation. Mm-hmm. The way it's the way it's run NXT UK. I like watching a lot because it's for me. It's a stiffer, more bruising, old school yeah. wrestling style. Very enjoyable. Um. And then every now and again, my guilty pleasure show is NWA Power because of the look. It really takes me back to the time when wrestling was, it's not representative of what the NWA was at the time as an organization, but it just gives me that, that feel that, you know, if they can do it there, then there's, there's enough, if you have enough guys with creative minds and money, you can probably do something like that and, you know, really indulge in something you're passionate about. So those are my three. SmackDown and Raw. Uh, how I equate it for me is I'm a parent and you take your kid to Little League Hockey and you watch it behind the boards and it's you watch it because it's something you've always enjoyed watching but only watch because they're your kids yeah that's the only reason all right only watch because you're kids and that's the time to have a catch up on a drink and maybe some text messages to folks that you haven't text messaged in a while and just listen in the background but that's what it is for me those those that's how I rank it how do you feel about AEW Chris I, you haven't mentioned too much about it. Like you don't. You know what? It's, it's not that you know they're catching steam really quickly. But I think we talked about this outside. Yeah. They're on Wednesdays. They go up against NXT on Wednesdays, and they feel good about beating NXT on Wednesdays by give or take two hundred thousand viewers. But in my opinion, I don't think I don't think they created that war. I think WWE created that war. WWE did probably create that in their head, not knowing what the outcome was going to no. be because the show is more. You think it was preemptive? No, I well, it's preemptive so they I don't think, get on Mondays, right? I think you want to kill yeah, them in advance, no? I think it's it's ego, but I would I would beg to ask based on AEW's numbers that we that are publicly released. Where are the other four hundred thousand people? And that's always been my thing when WW, when WCW went out of business. Because if you look at just, if we have enough time, if you just look at quickly the ratings war right up until the end, you have to beg to differ. When Vince bought it, if wrestling fans are true to wrestling and not true to a brand, where did the other two, three million people go on Mondays? I think they lost what they liked. So that was gone. Yeah. yeah. And I think for AEW, I think they have a strong 600 thousand view a week uh sample size yeah 
my thing for me to see if they're really going to be profitable and sustainable in wrestling is do you run the same type of size arena as ECW ran when they were running their arenas at 5,500, 6,000 people and selling out? Or do you still continue on, after the pandemic, of course, do you still continue with your 15, 17,000 arena sellouts? And is it is it profitable from that standpoint? Because if that's the case, then you should be retaining, theoretically, you should be retaining all those people that come watch you every single week on Wednesday. And if they start to beat NXT by, say, 800,000 or 900,000 views and get back to where their debut was, then I'll say, yeah, it's a good alternative. We need it in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And it's a good place for other guys that don't get good bookings in WWE to say, fuck this, like Aleister Black. Uh, 100%. If it it wasn't for the pandemic and there was a live audience in AEW, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if more guys said, you know, fuck this. I'm going to go where I can be more... Creative and have more freedom. That would be cool if they were actually independent contractors. Uh, Speaking of independent contractors, I got a question for you guys. Can I spin off with you guys? Can we do our own (laughs) podcast? Can I finally ditch the dead weight that is Pedro and have Bernard come in and produce the whole thing? Anytime you like, sir. Bernard's (laughs) had this like very uh, complacent look on his face the whole time we've had this. He's just on his phone. He's he's producing. This is what he does. This is what he does. This is what he does. Um, all right, boys. He hasn't cued me once or anything, so that's great. Oh, believe me, he wants to cue you. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll get his feedback afterward. I got a, I got a notepad. Ready. Listen, for two guys who've never done this, I, I love the conversation. That was good. Uh, we you, should do this one. again. Yeah, I'm like down. every week. I'm down. Let's not do it ECW style, okay? Let's not turn the lights out every week and say there's a surprise until it gets <laughs> to the point where we're not a surprise anymore. Well, last time they cut off the pay per view, remember? But uh, <laughs> um, guys, so you've listened to the podcast, so I'll just remind the people. We have a segment called Shot or Chair Shot, which is very appropriate for uh, <laughs> for this that episode. Um, so what we're going to do is let's start with uh, some negativity. Uh, Kaz, who are you giving a chair shot to? My chair shot goes to WWE and their Halloween uh, the horror show, the Extreme Rules Horror Show. One of the worst pay-per-views I've ever watched. We tried the, we tried to text during it, and I left it after 30 minutes of yeah, the squash. He left yeah. me hanging yeah. for a good while. It, until, it might and then he normal. randomly messaged me, and I was like... Oh, so you have it. He's his exact words were: "I was doing squats this whole time. What's been happening?" <laughs> Go ahead, that's sorry. Crazy. No, but like it's just, it was like good matches. Just and again, it was just Vince and creative ruining the endings and just ruining it for me. And I realized again, this is why I don't. You know, it buy sucks. Money you tried, money. man. You tried. You tried, tried to give it to them. I, yeah. I, I didn't give them any money. I watched it later. I mean, you but... tried to give them the time. You know, like <laughs> I just can't do it. Yeah, and uh, then, yeah, for me, that's it. Yeah, you gave them your time, which is more valuable. Exactly. So that's fucked up. Chris? Uh, my chair shot goes to Vince McMahon for not realizing, like I said before, he has a new generation right under his thumb and he doesn't know what to do with it. Or he's influenced by all the people underneath him that don't know what to do with it and uh, it's holding a lot of people back and making the product better. Uh, my, keeping my, the product from being better. My chair shot goes to Pedro. Um, he tried to chime in on this podcast and everything he offered was just fucking stupid. Bring back Buff Bagwell, you bum bitch. Pedro's in better shape than Buff is in right now, probably. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> man. I'll take Scott Steiner back, though. I'm not going to. All day. All day, I'll All take day. So. All day. <laughs> even 23% with that... a third. <laughs> even, even with that. Fu- My favorite promo of all time. I don't <laughs> give a shit. It was so good. That one, and he's fat. Uh, he's fat. <laughs> oh, man. We got to talk about that one. On the next part, we do this, we're going to talk about favorite promos. Oh, man. Um. Who are you buying a shot for, Kaz? Who am I buying a shot for? Um, I'll buy a shot for Tony Khan for changing the wrestling business. 
I love your consistency. And yeah, you know, I like. I'm I love a, it. I'm an A. I'll tell you, I'm an AW Mark. Mm. They sold me on it, your, and your shirt never sold me on that. What the it's, American uh, <laughs> Cody Rhodes for president? Anyways, uh, yeah, no, Tony Khan because he took a chance on a company run by a bunch of as uh, what, what Jim Cramer, backyard wrestlers, Jim Cramer call them, and uh, fucking spot monkeys, big spot monkeys. <laughs> Kenny Olivier, whatever you would call him, and uh, there's they were selling arenas, and now they got shows on TNT. So all in, baby, all in. We were there. So Chris, we buying a shot. I'm gonna actually just uh, deviate and buy a shot for the Barmingos podcast, mm. including Cause, just for having us on this week, and deviating from their usual norm. Yeah. Uh, so they deserve a shot for that, I taking a risk that. on new talent. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. That's what we do here in Barmingos EW. Uh, no Vince McMahon's here, right? Eh? <laughs> Well, he, we want we have a wannabe. <laughs> we have a wannabe. Um, he doesn't have the money for it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, my shot uh, goes to you two guys for coming on. And I got two this week. I uh, we really, really appreciate you guys coming on. We're happy you guys got to meet. Um, it obviously worked out. That yeah. was really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my other shot goes to Chris. Happy birthday, buddy. Thank you, man. Oh, man. Happy birthday, Chris. That's right. Thanks, Scott. We hope that doing the podcast was, uh, was a good birthday treat for you. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed this uh, time with you guys. Pedro, come here. Tell the people where to find us. You can find us on Twitter at the three barmigos. That's the number three, the word migos, M-I, egos. And on Instagram at threebarmigos.com. Barney, say something. Don't you ever use my mic again. <laughs> You're supposed to go ever. <laughs> ever. Again. Again. You understand? Again. You use your own mic. Okay. Well, we're going to teach Bernard. <laughs> but I uh, want to thank everyone for listening. Have a good night, everybody. Play my music. Take care, guys. See you later.